Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. I've read these various reports in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and elsewhere on this report that the dorm released on Friday to the Attorney General and he released today. And if you read the Washington Post and the New York Times... Uh, they're basically involved in continuing a cover-up, which they must, because they praise themselves. Journalistic organizations praise them for the remarkable coverage of the Russia collusion story. The problem is there was no Russia collusion. The real story, which the New York Times and the Washington Post and the others didn't report which we on Fox and here did discuss. The real dishonest, immoral, unethical activity that occurred occurred with the Democrat Party, Hillary Clinton campaign, the Obama administration, and the FBI and the intel agencies. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is too big It's too rogue. It's too dangerous. It must be slashed. It must be reorganized. And it must be put back in its box. It interfered in the 2016 campaign. It interfered in the 2020 campaign. And it's interfering with this campaign. And not just the FBI, the Department of Justice. I love the way they give themselves names, self-righteous names. Department of Justice. None of you are on the wrong side. It's not justice. And as Doran points out, this all began with a phony predicate. A report from Australia that was not even seriously examined for its legitimacy by counterintelligence in the United States. And yet they opened a counterintelligence full-blown criminal investigation against Donald Trump based on absolutely nothing. Which tells you that, again, this was used as an excuse, as a predicate to go after him. And at the same time, Dorn points out, Hillary Clinton got a complete pass. Hillary Clinton's Lawyers were read into what the FBI had been looking at, what the Department of Justice was considering, but not so with Trump. They just unleashed an attack on Trump. Now, Fox reports as follows. Special Counsel John Dorm found that the Department of Justice and FBI failed to uphold their mission of strict fidelity to the law when they launched the Trump 
Russia investigation. Fox News Digital obtained the report, and it's on this crossfire hurricane. That investigation looked into whether the Trump campaign coordinated with Russia to influence the 2016 presidential election. Based on the review of Crossfire Hurricane and related intel activities, we conclude that the department and the FBI failed to uphold their mission of strict fidelity to the law in connection with certain events and activities described in the report. Durham said his investigation also revealed that, and I'm quoting, senior FBI personnel displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor towards the information that they received, especially information received from politically affiliated persons and entities. This information in part triggered and sustained crossfire hurricane and contributed to the subsequent need for special counsel Mueller's investigation, the report said. In particular, there was significant reliance on investigative leads provided or funded directly or indirectly by Trump's political opponents. The department did not adequately examine or question these materials and the motivations of those providing them. Now, the the reason the department didn't want to is because the department had no interest in it. That is, the department wanted any excuse to proceed against Trump. Even when at about the same time, the director of the FBI and others learned of significant and potentially contrary intelligence. Dorm is referring to past FBI leadership in his report, specifically former FBI Director James Comey and former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe. My God, imagine if Trump hadn't fired Comey. Reacting to the report, the FBI said in a statement, the conduct of 2016 and 2017 that Special Counsel Dorm examined was the reason that current FBI leadership already implemented dozens of corrective actions, which had now been in place for some time. Had those reforms been in place in 2016, the missteps identified in the report could have been prevented. This report reinforces the importance of ensuring the FBI continues to do its work with rigor, objectivity, and professionalism. The American people deserve and rightly expect. This is disgusting, what the FBI writes and puts out. Christopher Ray is a complete fraud and a hack. He's a bureaucrat. They're doing exactly the same thing today. Exactly the same thing against Trump, and I'll get to that in a minute. Still, Dorham said there is a continuing need for the FBI and the department to recognize, I'm quoting him, that lack of analytical rigor, parent confirmation bias, and an over-willingness to rely on information from individuals connected to political opponents caused investigators to fail to adequately consider alternative hypotheses, to act without appropriate objectivity or restraint in pursuing allegations of collusion or conspiracy between a U.S. political campaign and a foreign power. Although recognizing that in hindsight much is clear, much of this also seems to have been clear at the time. We therefore believe it is important to examine past conduct to identify shortcomings and prove how the government carries out its most sensitive functions. So you can see by Christopher Frey's response today, he has no intention of doing that. 
we've already made all these changes. It wouldn't have happened if there was an effort today. But there is an effort today. There's two grand juries, special counsel, and two ridiculous investigations. And I'll get to that. And uh, then, of course, this all triggered special counsel Robert Mueller. And uh, people will point to the fact, well, he brought three charges and only one guy pleaded, you know, the one that falsified the uh, counterintelligence warrant with FISA. Ladies and gentlemen, I think Dorm concluded what we all know, which is anytime you're involving Donald Trump or using his name, they're not going to convict people who have committed offenses in pursuit of Donald Trump. It's not going to happen. That's why he couldn't bring other charges. Because when he brought the two in two slam dunk cases, he lost. These are two slam dunk cases. Sussman, the lawyer, and Danchenko, they were found not guilty. Klein Smith pleaded guilty and served community time. He's a lawyer, and he didn't even take his license away for altering a warrant. Think about that. Pretty shocking. In other instances, FBI personnel working on the same FISA application displayed at best a cavalier attitude towards accuracy and completeness, the report says. FBI personnel also repeatedly disregarded important requirements when they continued to seek renewals of the uh, FISA surveillance while acknowledging both then and in hindsight that they didn't genuinely believe that there was probable cause to believe that the target was knowingly engaged, that is Trump, in clandestine activity. Uh, oh, I spoke that's Page on behalf of foreign power or knowingly helping another person in such activities. So what the media will do now is attack Durham. Oh, he doesn't provide any solutions. Uh, That's up to Congress. Oh, he didn't bring any more charges. Ladies and gentlemen, there can be a massive abuse of power that is not... uh, a, an, an element within the criminal code where they don't match up. That doesn't mean the abuse of power didn't occur. And if you read the New York Times and the Washington Post, you'll get sick to your stomach. So don't. I already read them. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. 
Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. What do we do in a country when we do not have a free press? And by that I mean not the government shutting down the press. But we literally have a press that has determined that it's going to use the First Amendment to advance a radical left agenda. And in doing so, has decided that that agenda can only be established through one party, the Democrat Party. And then we have these massive media corporations, like the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes, CNN, MSNBC, ABC and CBS, NBC and the rest, that only hire radical activists. Well, that's not 100% true, but the Republicans they hire basically you know, are covering you know, obituaries or they're outnumbered in a significant way. This is what they're being taught in journalism school. And of course, when you see Democrats secrete themselves within the media, like Pisaki now over at MSNBC, and you go down the list, it's not a free press. And it's not a free press by the conduct of the press. The press becomes a propaganda operation for the Democrats. And you know this. You see it every day. You see it in the disparate treatment of Trump and Hillary Clinton and Trump and Joe Biden and the Trump kids and Hunter Biden. You see it in the disparate treatment on how they report on Republicans and Democrats on Capitol Hill. And even more, the media have taken the final step. The media are activists on behalf of the ideologues in the Democrat Party. Which is why most of the media, the vast majority of the media, blew off the Durham report. And they used the same tactics. Oh, it's not a big deal. Nothing new here. Well, he charged three people. Only one pled to an offense. And two got off. And, and so forth. And then they bring the perpetrators on. Like this guy McCabe. Longtime Democrat. His wife ran for state senate in Virginia as a Democrat. McCabe, who's mentioned almost 60 times in the report, they bring him on to explain what really happened. Then you have individuals like Joe Scarborough who, uh, who use their platform to attack the former president because they used to slobber all over the former president. Now they don't like him. They bring this slob Weisberg on. I played his audio yesterday. Was a hitman for the Democrat Party and a hitman for the left. They bring on his niece, Trump's niece, who has some issues. In other words, they bring on all the reprobates, malcontents, and miscreants to explain the report. And always federal prosecutors, former federal prosecutors who are Democrats, and who supported Biden. So if we don't have a truly free press, it's difficult to see how we survive. 
because we don't have a truly free press. Again, the, the threat isn't MAGA. The threat isn't Republicans. The threat isn't conservatives. The threat is the people who pose as journalists today. Now, on freedom of the press, I explain the various cycles the press have gone through in our country. The early Patriot Press, which was a fantastic press, constantly under threat by the British, constantly under threat by those colonists who were sympathetic to the British, and yet these men were brave as hell. It was very expensive to print a newspaper. It was very grueling, the typesetting, and so forth. And it was even more difficult to get these, these printed papers out to the colonists. Very difficult, but they managed to do it. The print press and the pamphleteers were absolutely crucial. They were patriots. They were patriots for the revolution. They were patriots for liberty. They were patriots. Today, the media are not patriots. They've thrown in with a party that hates America. That's what they've done. And they did it last night. I watched a clip of this Rachel Maddow, a.k.a. Mad Cow. She was sarcastic and snarky, no big deal. Here we have a Federal Bureau of Investigation, which conducted itself even worse than J. Edgar Hoover's FBI. This was even worse, to quote the Democrats, than Whitewater, excuse me, than Watergate ever was. You had a concerted effort by the FBI and the Department of Justice, but especially the FBI. You had a concerted effort to defeat the Republican candidate, and once he got elected, to overthrow the Republican candidate. We talk about insurrection. And Obama knew it all. And Biden knew it all. They were briefed on it in January before they left office. The acting attorney general knew about it. Comey, the FBI director, led it, was involved in it. McCabe, the deputy, was a Svengali in the operation. Hillary Clinton funded it. She was behind it. The DNC was supportive of it. Democrat operatives and lawyers all over Washington, D.C. knew all about it. We're promoting it. Don't tell me Obama didn't know. It's amazing Obama didn't know what his IRS was doing to the Tea Party and so forth. He knew everything. You know how I know he knew everything, America? Because it was in the newspapers. Right, Mr. Producer? That's how I figured it out. And he got briefed on the newspapers at least twice a day, like every president does. Twice a day, in my opinion. Joe Biden, 
Where's the evidence that Joe Biden was bought by the communist Chinese? It's all around us. It's everywhere. And there's a new piece today. Biden vetoes bipartisan bill protecting U.S. solar panel makers from Chinese competition. So Biden keeps forcing us into industries that are controlled by the communist Chinese. So let's take a look at this from Fox. President Joe Biden vetoed a bipartisan resolution yesterday that would have reversed his executive action last year in which he ordered the Department of Commerce not to enforce tariffs on Chinese solar panel manufacturers for two years. So in other words, they were trying to force him, force him to enforce those tariffs. Biden explained that the and passed by Democrats and Republicans. Biden explained that the legislation, which recently passed the House and Senate with Democrat support, quote, bets against American innovation. Really? Last year, Biden implemented the 24-month moratorium on the enforcement of solar panel anti-circumvention tariffs designed to protect U.S. companies, a move the White House said would facilitate investment in domestic solar panel production capabilities. I hope you're all following this. Passage of this resolution bets against American innovation, he said. It would undermine these efforts and create deep uncertainty for American businesses and workers in the solar industry. Therefore, I'm voting it. That makes no sense, and it's intended to make no sense. Biden added that he doesn't intend to extend the tariff suspension when the 24-month moratorium expires in June 2024. Now, Biden's executive action in June 2022 came after the Commerce Department said months earlier it would investigate whether Chinese manufacturers were routing solar panels through countries in Southeast Asia to avoid U.S. tariffs. And in December, the agency published its preliminary findings in which it showed that four large solar companies had in fact routed products through Cambodia, Malaysia, and Vietnam to circumvent duties. The Department of Commerce is expected to release its final findings later this month. So what happened? In response to December's findings, a bipartisan group of lawmakers led by Bill Posey, Republican Florida, and Dan Kildee, Democrat Michigan, introduced the resolution to strike down Biden's action in January, arguing that tariffs were necessary to protect the fledgling U.S. solar industries. They're dumping all these solar panels into the United States, which is dwarfed by the Chinese solar industry. Senator Rick Scott introduced companion legislation that was co-sponsored by Joe Manchin. The resolution, which utilized the Congressional Review Act. What is the Congressional Review Act? This is a law that, uh, that enables Congress to stop or to review a regulation or to revoke it. The resolution which utilizes the Congressional Review Act, a law that allows Congress to revoke federal regulations, there you go, passed the House in a, 20, a 221 to 202 vote on April 28, and it passed in the Senate 56 to 41 on May 3rd. So 
Democrats and Republicans said, uh, enforce the tariffs. These guys are dumping these solar panels. I'm disappointed the president vetoed the legislation, Kildee said, failing to stand up to those who engage in unfair trade practices. Hurts American workers and manufacturers, our workers and businesses. We'll never be able to compete globally unless we hold those who violate U.S. trade laws accountable. Now, I'm a free trader. Except when it comes to enemies and adversaries. I've explained this for 20 years. I do not believe in free trade with people who want to destroy us or people who want to harm us. I believe in free trade with our allies. Some of you agree with me, some of you disagree with me. But I think we can all agree that we shouldn't just allow the communist Chinese to monopolize these industries because they don't want to compete. They want to control. And besides, who cares what they want? It's what we want that matters. And yet Joe Biden, who's by no means a free trader, I want you to think about this now. It's very important. When it comes to communist China and solar panels and battery material, all of a sudden he's a free trader. Unions can go to hell. How do you explain that? He's got it backwards. So when it comes to communist China, he's a free trader. He's anti-union. When it comes to everything else, He's a Marxist socialist, and he believes in big unions. So don't tell me the money that he received didn't have an effect on what he did and has done. Clearly it has. Clearly it has. So Kildee, the Democrat, says the president's position in today's veto fails to hold China accountable and hurts American workers. How many of you have heard about this? Did you hear about this, Mr. Producer? It's nowhere. Fox has it. It's literally nowhere. Overall, communist companies, communist Chinese companies, control more than 80% share, 80% of the global solar panel industry, controlling the supply chain. In all the manufacturing stages of the product, according to the International Energy Agency. And the Chinese solar industry has been tied to forced labor in China's Zhejiang province. And by the way, that's where the Uyghurs are, too. It's where the Uyghurs are, too. The resolution was endorsed by pro-tariff groups, but also endorsed by the Uyghur Human Rights Project. Of course, environmental groups and green energy groups, including the Solar Energy Industries Association, opposed it. Now, why did they oppose it? Because they hate capitalism, which is what we try to practice in this country, even though the Democrats interfere. And they don't give a damn how you get your solar panels. They don't care, in my view, their opinion is, they don't give a damn if you use slave labor in China or elsewhere or not. Just put the damn panels up. In my view, that's where they're coming from. Pretty shocking. So he vetoes this this bill. And so again, when people say, well, well, you don't have any evidence. 
who was the idiot over there at CNN and Politico? And what do you mean? You haven't demonstrated there's a connection. He just vetoed a bill that would have required the communist Chinese to ship less of their product, dump less of their product into the United States. And to enable American companies to develop and build solar panels. He has sold us out when it comes to uh, cobalt, which is necessary to make these batteries for automobiles. Much of it coming out of Congo. And now they control over 80% of the cobalt in the world. And those mining activities cause an enormous amount of pollution. And they're using child labor. Slave child labor in the Congo. So the green movement has no problem with child la- uh, uh, slavery. They don't say anything about it. The radical immigration movement apparently has no problem with child labor and slave labor either because they don't say anything about it. They want open borders. Mark Levin. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. And you know, to hear them blame Kevin McCarthy and the majority Republicans in the House, that's like the icing on the on the psycho babble cake. In other words, they've passed an increase in the debt ceiling. They have linked it to very modest cuts going forward of the sort I just told you about that will not affect all the other spending, unfortunately. It will not. So Biden says that you're trying to slash your Social Security. Ladies and gentlemen, they don't have the power to slash your Social Security. They can't slash your Social Security. I mean, it's, it's a bizarre statement, actually. But anyway, putting that aside, and don't forget what I told you before. The government's collecting 350 or $400 billion a month, so it's not like that's not going on. It's just not enough for these pigs, for these Marxist pigs. It's just not enough for them. Because they have to build the bureaucracy, add more IRS agents, increase their salaries, their pensions, their medical care, build more, you know, it's just, it's just endless. $31.7 trillion in the hole. And he dares to call people who are trying to trim future spending. Not eliminate it, trim it. As deadbeats. It's incredible. I want to give you an example of how fraud can occur in this country when it comes to voting. And I want to educate our friend Bill Barr. I want to educate all the naysayers out there about how this sort of thing can happen. 
Loudoun County, Virginia is one of the wealthiest counties in America, or at least it used to be. Used to be run by Republicans, now it's run by Democrats. And that's how a lot of these suburbs are going now. Abortion, abortion, abortion. Anyway, so my wife calls me, and she said, we got, and I think it was ballots, we got three, three ballots here. I said, ballots? And one for her, unsolicited, one for our son Chase, and one for our daughter Jenna. I'm waiting for two more to show up for two other kids. Now, Chase hasn't lived in Virginia for over a decade. Jenna doesn't live in Virginia, and she hasn't for a few years now. Chase voted first in California when he lived there. Now he votes in Tennessee. Jenna votes in Maryland. But they got unsolicited. I think they were ballots, Mr. Producer. Now, if we were Democrats and Marxists and crooked, then the kids would vote in Tennessee, Maryland, and twice in Virginia. And who would know the difference? Because the Democrats never check their voting rolls. That would be voter suppression. They're certainly not going to check it with a Republican state like Tennessee. That would be voter suppression. The incompetence alone of government at all levels results in fraud. The incompetence of government at all levels results in fraud. Most of these states don't want to update their voter rolls. And this is why. And when you try to force them to, Landmark Legal has brought lawsuits, other groups have brought lawsuits, because it's required under federal law. They resist you. They fight you. Because the Democrat Party wants fraud. And they want fraud institutionalized. They want it enshrined in our system. So whenever you say, wait a minute, that's fraudulent. Hey, we took it in front of a judge, and the judge didn't find that, because they changed the rules. And a lot of these judges are schmucks. But they change the rules. Plus, I guess it depends what you mean by fraud. Like the word is. So they must be sending out God knows how many of these things. Their voter rolls are not updated. That's clear. There's no question. If somebody hasn't voted in your county for 10 years, you can assume they're not there, can't you, Mr. Producer? I would think so. But this is going on all over the place. If you try to address it, you know, Chuck Tuttle, what are you, a white supremacist? No, what are you, a white schmuck? Yes. Which he is, by the way. Elon Musk. Elon Musk remains a hero. I admire him enormously. Now, he takes on George Soros. And anytime you criticize George Soros, you're an anti-Semite. Now, being Jewish, 
as you know, I call out the anti-Semites, the real anti-Semites, like those in the Democrat Party that uh, that embrace Louis Farrakhan or Leonard Jeffries, Hakim's uncle, or Talib and all the rest of them. But that's not what happened here. He references a character. I don't even know who this character is. And we're going to play some of this because it's more than that. There's other things going on. But the irony is this. The Democrats and the American Marxists will defend Soros at any price because George Soros is their sugar daddy. That's, he creates media matters. He gives dark money all over the place. He influences elections. He influences prosecutors. He does all this stuff, enormous sums of money. He gives it away by the tens of billions. He's an old man. His son's no better. Alvin Bragg's in there. You can go down the list. So Elon Musk costs him what he is. Actually, he's very nice about what he calls him. You want to know the truth. And so he compares him to some cartoon character. Oh, my Lord. Elon Musk must be a white supremacist, a neo-Nazi. Now, he was fine when he was an outspoken Democrat. He's voting for Democrat. No, that's what he buys Twitter. He exposes what the Democrat Party and the FBI and the media are doing with Twitter. And he even is shocked. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is the Democrats doing this? It's my party. Not anymore. And so the Democrats were having it all kind of good until this multi-billionaire, the richest man on the face of the planet, steps in. And that's what it took. The richest man on the planet to buy this crappy site. Although I like it more now, so I joined it. I joined it again. I re rejoined it. So now you see... George Soros is a victim of an anti Let me tell you about George Soros. George Soros is hated by the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He's hated by two-thirds of the Israelis in Israel. He's hated by Orthodox Jews. He's hated by religious Jews. George Soros supports a group, for instance, called J Street. J Street is a radical, left-wing, hate-Israel group led by Jews. Now, all of you in different faiths, you have people like this, so it's not just Judaism. Catholics have it. Protestants have it. Muslims have it. Buddhists have it. Hindus have it. Whatever. So the point is, George Soros isn't a practicing Jew. He doesn't embrace his his birth, he spends enormous sums of money undermining the state of Israel. But he's the biggest sugar daddy that the Marxist movements and the Democrat Party have. And these phony independent news organizations and platforms have. And he's been involved in various elections, as I said. And of course, he's been involved in destroying our cities with the types of prosecutors he supports, in my humble opinion. So the idea that Democrats, whether they're dressed up as phony journalists or not, step into this debate 
where Elon Musk calls, calls out Soros, and they run to Soros' defense, and the media regurgitate it because they're so predictable, and the idea that the New York Times is worried about anti-Semitism, when in fact they promote it every damn day in their pages, their hate Israel ideology, their cover-up with the Holocaust. Are you kidding me? And same with you bastards at the Washington Post, by the way. Are you kidding me? Elon Musk is no anti-Semite. They hate him. Because they can't get to him. What are they going to threaten him with? Well, they could threaten him like they do Trump. Try to destroy him and send him to prison, right? That's true. But short of that, what are they going to do to the guy? Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. The trucking industry, truckers in particular, are under attack. Whether you're union or independent, it's of no consequence. You're under attack. The only way you can put food on the table is if you drive reliable trucks that can take you good distances before you have to keep filling up with diesel. So what they've done is they're driving up the cost of diesel in order to drive you out of your rigs. I want you to think about the cost of a rig, ladies and gentlemen. These are massive vehicles. Now, whether you're independent, you own your own rig, or you own a few rigs, or you're not uh, owning any rigs, you're an employee, and your employer has to replace rigs or fundamentally alter them, you could lose your job. The, recent, the EPA recently proposed new tailpipe emissions goals that could require up to two-thirds of new cars sold in the U.S. by 2032 to be battery-powered electric vehicles. Now, we talked about that. But this also relates to these big 18-wheelers. Powered by small business owners and union workers alike, the trucking industry is on a collision course with the Democrat Party over federal and local efforts to phase out diesel rigs and push the shipping industry to electric vehicles so that what they're going to do is cut off the food for the, automa- for the uh, trucks, cut off the food, which is their fuel. Now, those of you who work with your hands, you work in industries like the trucking industry or the oil industry, some aspect of it, or you're farmers and ranchers, you work with your hands, you're targeted. You're under constant, unremitting attack by these Democrats. I hope you understand that. The latest strike came a few weeks ago when the EPA proposed new tailpipe uh, emissions goals that could require, as I said, up to two-thirds of new vehicles sold in the U.S. to be battery by 2032. Now, let's think of that. Seven years from now. Actually, six and a half years from now. Our electrical grid can't keep up with this. We don't have enough charging stations. People can't afford this, this kind of transit. They are in a hurry because they do not want anybody to stop them. Top executive of one of the country's largest trucking companies declared that EPA's proposed new regulation on carbon emissions 
are impractical, excessively expensive, and could have a profound negative effect on the industry that moves most of America's supply chain across highways. These regulations are not practical for four reasons. Costs, infrastructure, testing, and data. And, of course, the driving range, says Mike Korsaki, a vice president of Chicago-based JKC Trucking, told Just the News. He said a new long-haul tractor typically costs $100,000 to $200,000, while a comparable electric tractor, listen to this, electric tractor, that is a comparable truck, $480,000, and that's on the low end. Gee, that's a 300000 upcharge, he said, and costs prohibitive for the overwhelming majority of carriers. His company is one of the country's largest refrigerated trucking operations and specializes in moving temperature-sensitive freight, such as fresh produce, meat, and dairy products. He says a lot of truckers support the transition away from gas-powered vehicles, but don't think the U.S. power grid is ready for a majority of electric fleet. They're not. You see the brownouts and blackouts in California. They're not ready for anything, and they don't care. You have to understand, they don't care if you suffer. And it goes on. While the EPA changes are still in the proposal stage, not really. They're planning on doing it. California regulators last month voted to ban the sale ban the sale of new diesel big rigs by 2036 in 12 years and require all trucks to be zero emissions by 2042. This is why California is a dying state. Because your politicians are sick. How California is going to produce enough power to charge all these trucks, Karhoski said, Last time I checked, California had the two hottest summers on record. And I'm not saying don't plug in your electric cars in the summertime, but how are we going to charge these trucks? Because they are going to say don't plug in your electric cars during the summertime. And if you don't like it, what did they say during the pandemic? Too bad. You got to be a righteous supporter of, of the environment, even if it costs you your, your career. Another prominent voice in the trucking industry, Todd Spencer, president of the owner-operator Independent Drivers Association, accused the Biden administration of acting hypocritical by promoting EPA's rules while mandating changes to achieve environmental goals. He said the other thing that's extremely frustrating is that when we talk about these things, we hear this word mandate. They tell us all the benefits, how great this stuff's going to be. And then they say, and you're going to do it regardless. You're going to do it anyway. Realistically, we're more in tuned to incentives. If you're talking about something that actually really does deliver benefits for all around, you don't have to mandate stuff like that. People gravitate to it. Yeah, those days are over. Now, here's where I want to give you a thought, you truckers out there. Some of you aren't going to like this. Some of you consumers aren't going to like this. I would encourage people not to hoard, but to acquire enough food for a couple of weeks 
enough of anything you need, medicines, for a couple of weeks. Go through your medicine cabinet. Go through your, your drawers. Go through your cabinets. Go through your freezer, your refrigerator, any type of cupboards you have or pantries and so forth. Any kind of toiletries you need, you know what. Go through it. Have a couple of weeks worth. I'm talking about all consumers. And I think truckers need to now make their power and numbers felt. I mean, the radical Marxists make their power and numbers felt through riots, through demands, more, more government tax uh, payments, more taxes from you and me. The eagle, illegal alien front groups, they make their power felt. LGBTQ community makes its power felt. The teachers' unions, they make their power felt. In other words, these Democrat strongholds make their power felt. And they don't care what happens to the community, to the country. I do care what happens to the country, which is why I'm telling people to prepare. And I think you need to demonstrate that you don't want to surrender your diesel vehicles, that you've had enough of the government, that is the Democrat Party, purposely, purposely driving up the cost of diesel fuel and making it impossible to make a decent wage, that you're not going to accept the fact that you have to purchase vehicles that cost half a million dollars. All because these people are lying about climate change, that it's man-made and there's anything you can do about it. We talked about this figure the other day, that 1895 to the exact day in April of this year, that it was warmer in 1895 than it was on the exact day in April this year. Somebody just decided to randomly check it. It's not that they were playing the system, they just randomly checked the days. So we have a thousand times more carbon dioxide released into the atmosphere as a result of automobiles. Didn't have a lot of automobiles in 1895. Did we? Almost had none. In Europe, they had invented them a little earlier. But in the United States, there weren't any. We also had trains that spewed all kinds of pollution. It went from one end of the country to the other. And yet, and yet we're still told that that emissions from the tailpipe of vehicles, not the sun, not, not things out of our control, and, and light bulbs and, and dishwashers and all these other things that make the industrial society, that make your life easier, they're the cause of climate change. We're not having climate change. They can't even agree on what it means. This is a power grab by the Marxists. They hate capitalism. They're a degrowth movement. They think that Americans are too fat, too happy. They despise our country, which means they despise you. They're making us poorer. They're making us poor, and their target is not the wealthy. Their target is the middle class, working people. 
You're the ones feeling it. The Democrat Party needs dark money. They need billionaires. They don't need you. They don't need you. That's their view. They're trying to shrink the middle class. They want more people on the government dole. And those who aren't on the government dole, they want in their back pocket. And they're more than happy with billionaires as long as those billionaires are with them and getting rich off these government programs. Welfare for the billionaires. So the trucking industry really needs to, in my view, start to get radicalized. And I know many of you truckers who listen to this program, you think, I don't know about that, Mark. I understand. But I don't know how else you're going to defend yourselves and your, li- and your livelihoods. I don't. Because the war on the combustion engine is the war that's also on truckers. And the war on diesel fuel is aimed directly at you. Because most people who drive automobiles don't use diesel fuel. It's aimed at you. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best. The best of Mark Levin. I got to tell you, folks. I spent part of the day watching this hearing uh, in the uh, Jim Jordan committee. And these whistleblowers, these FBI whistleblowers come forward and testify. And they put their necks on the line. They put their careers on the line. Two of them are combat veterans. One of them is an African-American. But for the Democrats, it doesn't matter. There wasn't a single question asked by a Democrat. Not a single question asked by a Democrat that sought in any way to get to the bottom of what any of these whistleblowers had to say. Every, I mean, this operation over at the FBI is brutal. It's vicious. In fact, every one of these whistleblowers, as a result of blowing the whistle, were retaliated against. Some of them in horrendous ways. Really quite, quite appalling. And this isn't the first time you've seen the same committee with the Democrats trash the independent journalists like Taibbi and Schellenberg. They are covering up for the FBI. They're covering up for the Stasi-like activities of the FBI. And why is that? That's because the FBI has become an appendage to the Democrat Party. The FBI is interfering now in its fourth election. Its fourth election. 2016, Durham did a better job than I could. 2020, 2022, and now this one. With the investigations of Trump. And what the Democrats are trying to do is they're trying to tell rank-and-file FBI agents and other personnel, don't you dare come forward. Don't you dare come forward because we're going to brutalize you. We're going to brutalize you. You know, the left used to hate the FBI. The left used to condemn the FBI. 
Now they love it. Because the FBI, for all intents and purposes, is now controlled by the left. I, I never thought I'd say it, but it's true. I never thought I'd live to see the day, but I see it, don't you? And they didn't want to hear a thing from these, these agents. And Wasserman Schultz, she's in there trashing one of them for writing a book, which, of course, Democrats and their whistleblowers never do. Listen to what the man has to say rather than character assassinating him. And I also noticed a lot of these questions that these Democrats were asking. It sounded like they were fed to them by the FBI. By the FBI. It's important that you hear some of this because we're really, we're beyond looking into the abyss. We are in the abyss. We're trying to claw our way out now, and we're not going to be able to claw our way out until everybody, or at least most of us, understand what we're confronting here. The Democrat Party is the party of totalitarianism. There's simply no question about it. In every respect. In every respect. Marcus Allen is an FBI whistleblower. In part, here's what he said. Cut one, go. Despite my history of unblemished service to the United States, the FBI suspended my security clearance, accusing me of actually being disloyal to my country. This outrageous and insulting accusation is based on unsubstantiated accusations that I hold conspiratorial views regarding the events of January 6, 2021, and that I allegedly sympathize with criminal conduct. I do not. I was not in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, played no part in the events of January 6th, and I condemn all criminal activity that occurred. Instead, it appears that I was retaliated against because I forwarded information to my superiors and others that questioned the official narrative of the events of January 6th. As a result, I was accused of promoting conspiratorial views and unreliable information. Because I did this, the FBI questioned my allegiance to the United States. Since I was suspended, there's been a dearth of communication from the FBI, with interactions seemingly only being forced by actions from my counsel or members of Congress. This uh, gentleman is African-American. Not that that matters, but it matters to the Democrats. And, but it didn't matter in the sense that uh, they didn't come to his defense. They trashed him. You hear what kind of a quality person this is. And, of course, he's questioned by the Democrats. He's attacked by the Democrats on the committee. I'm looking... Mr. Producer, for the cut where they confuse who he is. Um, Let's see here. Let's go to cut nine. So what happens here, folks, is that the idiot Democrat, Linda Sanchez of California, she had an idiot sister who was once a congressman, too. She and her probably her staff, they look at Twitter... And they see somebody named Marcus Allen, Marcus A970, who has posted things on Twitter. And she assumes it's this Marcus Allen, the combat veteran, the FBI agent. 
And listen to this. Just listen to this. Cut nine. Go. Thank you. Mr. Allen, have you ever used Twitter? Yes or no? I have utilized Twitter, yes. Okay. And is your account at Marcus A9705064? That is absolutely not my account. Okay, that's not your account. Well, on December 5th, 2022, an account under the name Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, That is not my account, ma'am. You haven't let me finish the question, sir. might have been the football player. You haven't let me finish the question. And the time is mine. On December 5th, 2022, an account under the name of Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, quote, Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th Retweet if you agree, end quote. Do you agree with that statement? Yes or no? That that is I don't no ma'am. That's not my account at all. I have I'm no asking idea. whether you agree with that statement, yes or no. Can you please rephrase the statement? Yeah. Do you think I'm the gentle lady has expired staged January sixth? I just want him to answer. He'll answer, this he'll last answer. Question. Yeah, he'll answer. I'm just telling you your time's up. Do you believe that Nancy Pelosi, do you agree with the statement that this person tweeted that Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th? Yes or no? No. (laughs) And, And you know what? She's not even embarrassed. She's not even humiliated. It's not, is that not shocking to you? Of course it is. These are the dimwits. She wasn't there to glean any information. She was on the attack, and she had bad information, and she stayed on the attack. That's Chavez from California. I'm sure they're very proud of their Congress idiot, Linda Chavez. Now, Tristan Levitt. He's with a group in power, oversight, whistleblowers, and research. He's the president of it. And um, listen to this. Cut to go. In light of all these obstacles for FBI whistleblowers, you would think Congress would do everything that it could to welcome their disclosures here. But FBI employees coming to Congress have unfortunately been shamefully treated by Democrats on this committee. It's one thing to hear allegations and find them unpersuasive or even distasteful. An office can even ignore those allegations if they choose. That's their prerogative. But to go out and actively smear the individuals making disclosures is far worse. That's what the Democrats on this committee did when they released a March 2nd report entitled GOP Witnesses, What Their Disclosures Indicate About the State of the Republican Investigations. That report was inaccurate, both on the law and on the facts. The law doesn't define the term whistleblower. Instead, it protects from retaliation individuals who engage in protected activity. You hear that? So the Democrats, they put out a report. Attacking the whistleblowers. In March. Now how did they get their information? Who did they work with? Who did they collude with? Well you know who they did. Steve Friend was another FBI whistleblower who testified today. Cut three, go. I pray that all members consider the information I and my fellow whistleblowers present. You may think I'm a political partisan. You may think I'm a grifter. You may think I'm a conspiracy theorist. It does not matter. Simply put, this committee should avoid the temptation to impugn the character and the motivations of the messengers seated before you. I sacrifice my dream job to share this information with the American people. I humbly ask all the members to do your jobs and consider the merit of what I have presented. So they went right after him, Wasserman Schultz. 
And he has a book coming out. So therefore, he must be a fraud. How many people are hacking Trump had books coming out? Out of the FBI. And got cushy jobs in the media. One more before the break. Garrett O'Boyle, another FBI whistleblower. These are courageous people who come forward, who speak, who are willing to be questioned, to engage in debate, not backbencher, backstabbing SOBs. I have to deal with that myself. Cut four, go. I've been smeared as a malcontent and subpar FBI employee. This smear stands in stark contrast to my life in public service. This smear campaign, disgusting as it is, is unsurprising. Despite our oath to uphold the Constitution, too many in the FBI aren't willing to sacrifice for the hard right over the easy wrong. They see what becomes of whistleblowers, how the FBI destroys their careers, suspends them under false pretenses, takes their security clearances and pay with no true options for real recourse or remedy. This is by design. It creates an Orwellian atmosphere that silences opposition and discussion. We know what is right to do, yet we too often refuse to do what is right because of the difficulty and suffering it incurs. I couldn't knowingly continue on this path silently without speaking out against the weaponization I witnessed, even if it meant losing my job, my career, my livelihood, my family's home, and now my anonymity. It's up to members of this committee, current and former FBI employees, and indeed all Americans, to ensure that the weaponization of our own government against the people comes to an end, no matter the personal cost. And their personal costs have been extreme. Many of them put on leave without pay. Uh, one gentleman explained that they lost their house and they were homeless for a week. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's really incredible. The uh, Iron Fist, the Democrat Party, and, and the FBI are using here, and the media sit there and cheer it all on. It's it's. It's the unraveling of a republic. So Garrett O'Boyle, one of the FBI whistleblowers, he's asked a question by Representative Kelly Armstrong. Cut five, go. If one of your really good friends, your former colleagues, came to you and said, I have this thing that is being covered up, and I think the American people need to know about it, what advice would you give them? I would tell them first to pray about it long and hard. And I would tell them I could take it to Congress for them, or I could put them in touch with Congress, but I would advise them not to do it. So you would legitimately try to protect one of your colleagues from doing what you have done? Absolutely. And how do you think that solves being able to shine light on corruption, weaponization, any kind of misconduct that exists with the American people? It doesn't solve it. But the FBI will crush you. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are doing that are wrong. And we are all examples of that. Now think about what he just said. And that didn't move a single Democrat on this committee to ask a serious substantive question. There they were with the character assassination. And I'm, I'm, I gotta believe, from what I was listening to, that they got some of the po- uh, talking points from the FBI. Now listen to this Stacy Plaskett again, a delegate from the Virgin Islands. Cut six, go. Less than two months ago, former President Trump facing mounting investigations. Okay, into so let's stop right here. What in the hell does Donald Trump have to do with this? 
absolutely nothing. What does local law enforcement and the accusations of systemically racist have to do with this? Absolutely nothing. What does the defund police movement have to do with this? Absolutely nothing. As criminals have been unleashed on the citizenry of these cities. Those of us who are calling for slashing the FBI, their budget, slashing their personnel. We're doing so because the FBI is taking a position within our government that doesn't exist in the Constitution that is way, way, way too powerful for a federal government. We're not talking about 13 or 14,000 police departments. We're talking about a federal agencies that, that, that tentacles keep reaching out and out and out and as a history of politicization.